How's it work? Power it on, you strap yourself in and suffer while it rips your insides out. Oh, last core. Shred me in. Yeah. Oh, well, wait a second. I thought we were going to talk about this, Cole. You want a new power? How about one of mine? How about I get one of yours, huh? No. Hey, you gotta admit, it makes sense to swap powers. The stronger we are as a team, the more we get done. Look at what we did today. Bigger is better. This is, this is not... All right, hey. Nix and I will swap powers, and then we'll destroy it. I promise. No. No, if, if you're going to swap powers with anyone, it, it needs to be me. You pick her when we're through, man. You pick her? I have no choice, Cole. I have to hunt you down like a criminal. Uh, well. Hello there, and welcome to episode 38 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. And I do want to give a quick heads up uh, before we start this episode that we launched our first ever bonus episode in which you can listen to us talk about our likes and dislikes with the 2023 remake of Dead Space. So that is in the feed if you completed the game and you want to hear our thoughts, uh, do it. And who are we? Well, I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Blake to my K, John. John, how are you doing well, I don't know, Nick. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm literally watching baseball on the TV uh, as of this moment, which just always fills my, oh, my belly. With... focused. Yeah, I'm super focused. But, you know, I, I can't, can't not look at baseball. It's, like, my main thing in my entire life. So, uh, besides video oh, games, of okay. course. Okay. But, uh, no, yeah. we have it on recorded audio. It's your favorite thing now. I mean, I probably would never deny that, I don't think. You know, if you, if you asked me... Wow, well, I wish I knew this before we got 38 episodes into a podcast. You want to do a baseball podcast? No, not a chance. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we cleared that up. No, I'm, I'm doing okay, man. I mean, we got another snowy one out there. Fimble winter is still going on for some weird reason. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, happy to be here. Happy to be talking games. That's what we do. Yeah, that is what we do here. And this is how that works. Uh, we, John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a game we're playing, it can be a topic, it can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod and any news items we want to talk about. And because there were so many news items this week, uh, the first thing I'm going to bring is all of those news items. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The very first one is, as you remember, on this very show... um, I love Neon White, but unfortunately, my save got deleted. Neon White didn't love you back? It did not, and no. it was not my bumbling that caused the, the, the save file to be deleted. It was an issue with the game. Other people reported it. They were aware of it, and they fixed it. So this was a while ago. This was on February 17th, but there is a new patch for Neon White in which it fixes uh, the, you know, the save file wipe issue. So, you Qu- can... question on my mind, Nick, is are you going back? You've, you've said in the past that you are not going to do that. But <laughs> when I told you that this patch was here, you kind of lit up. But, but you turned your head real quick. And you said, oh, well, maybe I'm going to have to download that. So, what's, so what's, what are you thinking? Uh, maybe we can talk about this in the later topic. But, uh... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I, there's a lot to play, as we will get into later in this episode. Cool. But I did want to make the listeners aware, uh, you know, if they were avoiding it. And, again, it was my best indie game of last year, despite my file being completely erased. So just wanted to get that out there. All right. The next item. Uh, during an earnings call, we got the announcement that Mortal Kombat 12 is coming for 2023. Um, this is fiscally, so this could be you know all the way till March of 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this actually goes against the Nvidia leak, which said Injustice 3: Gods Will Fall was the next game coming from NetherRealm Studios. Uh, John, they can be working on both games. That is certainly a thing. Uh, what do you think? Are you excited? For, well, first of all, are you excited for another Mortal Kombat game? Let's just let's start there. Well, no. 
<laughs> um, no, I mean, I am, but as we've said before, fighting games aren't really either of our speeds, so it's, it's hard to get genuinely excited for it to come out. Now, I will say, I am always a sucker for seeing some new fatalities, seeing, like, just how uh, batshit insane that that series can get, so... Uh, you know, it's it's an important series in the world of video games. It's been around since the early 90s, so always happy to see a little bit more of it, but, you know, to, to be excited, to get ready to play it, you know, when it comes out, I can't can't say I'm too too pumped on it. <laughs> well, it seems like they, they just stick around for so long. Like, Mortal Kombat 11, you know, came out and then had its season pass. Then it had that big expansion, yep. the Aftermath expansion, and then it had even more <laughs> season pass characters uh, that... It seems like it seems I don't know a little early to <laughs> to have this. Yeah, I mean, know? I mean, yeah, more coming eleven was twenty nineteen. So you know, assuming it comes out either later this year or early next year, we're looking at about four and a half five years. I mean, that's that's kind of standard. I'm I'm wondering now since Tekken eight's coming out this year, is how long was the gap gap between seven and eight? Yeah, it, yeah. So that was twenty fifteen. <laughs> So the, yeah, it's and just it is a stacked fighting game year, and of course NetherRealm yeah. was going to release a fighting game, regardless yeah. if it was Injustice or not. But it is yeah, it does have some steep competition if it, it does in fact release this year uh, between Tekken Eight and Street Fighter Six. Um, I think people just figured out, man. I think they figured out over at NetherRealm that people are fucking sick of superheroes. <laughs> All right, we do we, we don't want superheroes anymore. I don't know about that. I'm oh, just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta egg my buddy Nick on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I, it, I haven't bought into the last two, so I don't know if I'm... I'll say, I will say the weirdest thing about it is just, like, if you follow this industry like we do, you know that everything is on purpose. There are never, like, you know, when you announce things, when you use uh, press releases with certain CEOs, they, they pick their words very carefully. Everything is on purpose. And, like... Why did they let this one slip through or whatever? Like, is this really what they wanted to do? They wanted to just say, yeah, whatever, it's the earnings call, we don't care, it's Mortal Kombat, whatever. But uh, I just, I wonder if that was a mistake or if they kind of said, yeah, we don't care. Just or, a, just or there's a, another Mortal Kombat movie coming as well. So just Man. get, the, get yeah. that cross synergy going. Yeah, that's <laughs> the new move. <laughs> yeah, so... Wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, you probably expect that announcement, you know, this summer. That's a summer announcement, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, moving on to the next topic, Outer Worlds. Uh, well, I forget what year that game came out. It was same year as Jedi Fallen Order. I want to say uh, 2019. Control. Yeah, yeah. It was the same year as that. So 2019. Uh, this is from Obsidian. It is a Skyrim in space is probably the easiest way to put it. it is a you know first person RPG with guns and uh, you explore worlds. Say little tiny Skyrims in space. Yeah, because like <laughs> yeah. You're, you're you know you're on you go planet to planet to planet. It's not right. the, it's not a huge right. interconnected world, right. but um, yeah, it's a lot like Starfield. Uh, you know the, the anticipated Xbox exclusive. Um, uh, it is getting a PS5 upgrade uh, just out of nowhere. So Outer Worlds Spacer Choice Edition. It's coming to PS5, and you don't even have to wait. It's March 7th, you know, yeah. that's next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a strange one as well. You know, as we know, Obsidian, owned by Microsoft. Um, you know, I, I think I think this is the first post-purchase product that probably was, like, from stem to stern, incubated under Microsoft that is coming to PlayStation, so it is a little interesting. Um, but, you know, Nick, we, I, I think we have the same opinion on this game. It's, it's an okay game. It's got good writing. You know, Obsidian is a great writing team. That's what I would say they're probably best at. And, you know, the guys that did Fallout New Vegas, and they just came out with Pentiment, which is a very narrative-heavy thing. But um, the gunplay just was not there for me. Um, the gameplay elements that I was kind of hoping for just fell, fell a little flat. It, so it was much more of a narrative thing. But, uh, yeah, if, if you like sci-fi, you can't get enough of that, you know, uh, that, that world, that type, of, that type of game. Check it out. Yeah, I regretfully bought this game instead of Jedi Fallen Order, <laughs> and not like two weeks later, I had already returned Outer Worlds and bought Fallen Order. Were you so. super pumped for this? Like, just like what did you, what did you think this game was gonna be? I mean, I, I love Fallout. I love yeah. you know uh, Skyrim and all that. I thought that this would be a you know what Starfield looks to be, you know, a space firing version of those games. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah, just the writing didn't click with me and. Um, I got off the base planet, and you kind of go to this big space station, and my quest log was just piling up, and I was just like, I'm not doing 
Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, because if you're you know you're going on these quests and if the gunplay is not fun, if like you're not having fun achieving what you need to, yeah, it's not worth it. So. Yeah, but to each own. Yeah, there it is. Um, the next uh, news item is that Shinji Mikami, hot off the release of Hi-Fi Rush from Tango GameWorks, is leaving Tango GameWorks, which was confirmed by Bethesda. Uh, they had this to say about it. We can confirm that Shinji Mikami has decided to leave Tango Gameworks in the coming months. We thank him for his work as a creative leader and supportive mentor to young developers on the Evil Within franchise, Ghostwire Tokyo, and of course, Hi-Fi Rush. We wish Mikami-san well in the future and are excited by what lies ahead for the talented developers at Tango. Again, Shinji Mikami, famous horror uh, uh, creator, Resident Evil under his belt, uh, just to name one small, tiny franchise that still around still excited for this month yeah <laughs> yeah he's a he's an og man i mean he's one of those guys that you know he's in the top 10 of notable video game directors you know he's not a kojima but if you mm. say shinji mikami to people who are kind of made video games a big part of their life they're gonna know who he is so uh yeah it's a little interesting to see the, just the timing of it all like you know i i feel like he his thing that he has a passion for is horror above all so to see his last game there with Hi-Fi Rush is kind of interesting. I don't know if, mm -hmm. you know, if maybe Microsoft is kind of telling that studio, be like, look, we had such a big success with this, and this is what we kind of want you guys to start going towards, as opposed to stick to what Mikami likes to do, which is horror. May I don't know. That's pure speculation, just trying to analyze the situation, but could could be something along those lines. I don't think he's uh, ready to hang it up quite yet, though. <laughs> no. No. He, I mean, he is up there. He's in his 50s, but... Uh, and he was at Tango GameWorks for 12 years, so this just might, yeah, get change the scenery. Like the, you know, it's, did, there's not much to read on. Did you say he he's a founder, right? Yeah, I believe. Well, okay. now you're. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know, know if you said. I'm almost sure that he was. That this was the studio that he founded. Founded by Shinji Mikami. Yep. yep. Okay. So, cool. yeah, he'd been there. Yeah, 2010. So the 13 years. Gosh, it's 2023. Uh, so this could be yeah, change the scenery. You know, the studio's off the grounds. He's made his money. So. Yep. Yeah, he's just probably, you know, excited to move on. Right. Um, Maybe he hates Phil Spencer. I don't know. It's true. That's true. He just, he just can't stand him. <laughs> well, it's always interesting when, a, you know, a parent company comes in is, like, they don't want – you can't – like, someone when Microsoft eats Bethesda, you know, they they would – you know, they probably typically write it in contracts that, you know, Todd Howard can't leave and Shinji Mikami because those are the people you want, right? Right. Like, well, what's Bethesda without the, all the great minds that behind all their titles? So – Maybe that is the end of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. and maybe no, it's pure speculation. Maybe, you know, I mean, if Todd, Todd Howard was the lead Bethesda, that wouldn't shock me at all. You know, he's been there forever. Fucking Todd You know, Howard, and he's man, made his guy. money, so. <laughs> that guy is, that guy's something. <laughs> yeah, so. I will say something interesting. Just, just, uh, the, the completion of the Bethesda deal was a, was two years ago, almost to the day. Yeah. So the, the complete, like not the announcement, but like when the purchase was finalized. So, yeah, yeah I mean, like, that could have been a two-year contract. So I'm gonna, you know, hang out for two years and then go do my own thing. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. That, that is not. That is pretty common when, you know, another company gobbles another one. Yeah. There's, they actually usually set aside even more money to retain that talent to pay them. So that they stay for a certain amount well, of time. Well, Sony, when they bought Bungie, I think $1.2 billion mm -hmm. billion was set aside for retention. Yep. And if you do the math on that, um, I don't I, – I've heard that that is solely for bonuses. Mm -hmm. There's only about 900 people that work at Bungie. Only 900. <laughs> only 900. Huge. But divide $1.2 billion yeah. by 900. That's yeah. – if that's true – and we know that there's a shortage with good developers out there right now. You know, you see Sega hiking their rates or their uh, their salaries by 30%. A lot of Japanese companies are doing that right now because there is a shortage of pure talent in the industry. So, yeah, it's, it's super important to say, like, look, we want Bungie, but not just the name. Like, you guys make up the company. The right. people here make up the company. So, um, yeah, retention is everything right now. Yeah, yeah. So this, this, again, pure speculation. We don't know that, but, uh, again... I mean, timing balls. looks pretty good. <laughs> and last but not least... Better the, be what I think it is. What? I don't know. You go. You go. 
I don't know. There's this there's this game. It's kind of okay. I don't know. It's not my thing, uh-huh. but it's getting. I'm sorry, it's Elden Ring. <laughs> it's getting a huge expansion. Well, speculating on the huge part, but one it, would assume it will be. But no date, nothing. We got a piece of art. We got a title. Shadow of the Erd Tree for Elden Ring is coming. Don't sell your copies, John. Mm-hmm. You don't have a deadline yet, but you probably want to get through the game before this comes out because I, th- I believe, as you told me, they save their hardest bosses typically. for their DLC. Yeah. So, yes, typically they do. Saddle up all you tarnished out there. Yeah, Millennia is going to look like a little bitch, I'm sure, <laughs> after whatever they, they decide to put on the DLC. But, you know, we all knew it was coming. Elden Ring was simply too huge to not uh, have something like this. I think. The only game from software in the past has not done DLC for was Sekiro. So, you know, maybe since that was their game before Elden Ring, there's reason to believe that they wouldn't do this. But, you know, we just found out this game sold 20 million copies. Uh, you know, it it lit the world on fire. So, um, you know, <laughs> as somebody who hasn't even finished the main game yet, I mean, I am very excited for this. I'm sure anybody who has finished it, you know, bought, played through it when it came out, doesn't have kids like myself and has been waiting to jump back into that world and see what it has to offer. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. I'm sure it'll be tied to the world in some way. Um, I believe, I don't know if it's every single uh, previous FromSoft DLC, but there's always this weird, like, you have to do this thing and go this place, and then this portal is going to open to get you to where you need to go. So it's probably not going to be as straightforward. It's not going to be something you launch right into. It'll probably just be an extension of the world in some weird way. But, sure. uh, yeah, it's it's going to be... I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be take up all the oxygen in the room again, I'm sure, when it comes out. Yeah, and, and when you beat the game, we'll maybe we'll touch on this, or maybe they'll do a, like a proper trailer. Like, what, yeah, what, what, would you, what would you want from this? Uh, what, you know, you'll, you expect new bosses, new weapons, all that yeah. uh, jazz, but uh, I'd be curious as to what you'd want from a uh, you know, gameplay perspective or any kind of change. Dude, that's the wild thing about that game. There's there's very few games out there that I can't, like, criticize or critique or, like, try to improve. That's one of them, though. Like, I don't know what you do. I don't know how <laughs> you enhance that the systems that they've built. It's, you know, like, Hades is another good example. It's like, I don't know how to improve that. How, what is Hades 2 going to do? I don't, just do what you did again. Like, I, I that's fine with me, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, anything they do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing, I'm sure. Yeah, there's quite a few things for you to be excited for, bud. <laughs> no, my life is pain. <laughs> well, what else do I have to be excited for? Well, when you get the chance to play them, you'll you'll be, yes. you know, eating good. Yes. So, all right, that's the end of my news segment. That was all the ones that I could find. You know, they just kept building up, so I had to bring all of them. So, good. let's move on. All right, well... We also got some more, a uh, little bit of, little bit of tasty treats for uh, one of the other biggest games coming out this year. That's Final Fantasy 16, Nick. We got some uh, hands-on impressions from a lot of outlets, and mm-hmm. so um, they got me excited about it. I want to get you excited about it. I want to get our audience excited about it. So mm-hmm. just kind of wanted mm-hmm. to go over um, a little bit of what they showed off or the things that we kind of know now. So um, Final Fantasy 16, we know, is coming June 22nd, developed by Square Enix. Um, and this was primarily, I believe, a combat showcase. I mean, that was that was really the intention for the the um, demo that they let the outlets get. Um, they gave them a two-hour slice of the game, approximately five hours into it, um, and then they focused on three boss battles. Um, but you know, I think this game is primed to do exactly what all the fans and everybody wants it to do and potentially could be the biggest release of the year outside of Zelda. I didn't really think it was going to be on a personal level until they showed all of this stuff. Um, so, what we kind of got was uh, you know, a fight between the main character, Clive, and Benedicta. That's like kind of the first boss that you go into. And it's a humanoid character, you know, your typical, like we're going to show you some of the sword play, show you kind of how the basic combat works. Uh, and what people remarked on immediately is how gritty the combat feels way way grittier than any other final fantasy game in the past and there's a very good reason for that um which we know we've known this known this before but the combat director of the game is um ryoto suzuki nick do you know who ryoto suzuki is i know you probably do just based on where this is going but you know <laughs> tell tell me in the audience sure so we got a quote from um uh polygon that says final fantasy 16 is a fascinating mix of devil may cry and game of thrones 
Devil May Cry is the game that Ryoto Suzuki works on. He's the combat director of that. The game's got pretty good combat. Like it's 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 a lot faster paced than anything we've ever seen in the Final Fantasy series. Um, and so I would expect to really, really see a big jump up with like your just moment to moment combat. But the biggest thing that this demo kind of showed to people, and the thing that we're all wanting to get our hands on and experience with this game are these icons. It's spelled E-I-K-O-N-S. And for people who are Final Fantasy fans, those are basically your summons. Um, where in the past you would, you would summon these creatures out. They might come out, they might do a, you know, some elemental attacks, huge, huge attack to, to knock off some enemies. And then they go away. But they're kind of being retweaked a little bit here, where they're almost part of your standard combat abilities moment to moment. And what I mean by that is with your left, uh, your L2 trigger, much like Devil May Cry, how you could cycle through your weapons, you have an icon that's attached to your attacks at any given time. And you can hit L2 to cycle through them, where you might have Ifrit, and he's going to give you some fire attacks. You might have Garuda, she's going to give you some wind attacks. And it's going to allow you to do uh, different combat and things that way. But then, you know, that's not it. It wouldn't just be, you know, awesome if, if you could just use these enemies that, or these uh, icons that way. But... You can also summon them, just like you would, right? Where you have these huge fucking monsters that give you these huge sense of scales uh, like you would kind of see in Shadow of the Colossus, and you just get to watch these awe-inspiring battles just take place right in front of your eyes, where you get that true sense of scale that, you know, we've gotten before in video games. Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, you know, was able to do that in the past, but um, luckily for us, you know, good news is that it seems like they nailed that same sense of awe, and it doesn't just stop there, uh, where you get to watch these battles take place. You know, the big thing that they've kind of been touting with this game, especially in the combat system, is that you will get to control these icons themselves. And have these huge anime-style kaiju battles, which is unlike anything we've ever seen in Final Fantasy. Um, so, you know, and I'm happy to report that this is also something that the outlets were very positive on after they left it. Um, they said that each um, one of the icons had a bespoke, um, you know, version of command, so they all felt unique, they all felt different. Um, you know, much slower, you know, not, you're not going to be able to pull off some awesome crazy combos like you could with a fast-moving character like Clive with his sword, but they do a great job of mixing in your, um, your combat with cutscenes and with cinematics and things to kind of really ramp up the level of... Uh, engagement and just, you know, draw-dropping spectacle, right? So, like, for instance, one thing I read was, you're fighting, you're doing big attacks, but every single time the uh, your icon hit the enemy, it did a very specific animation, where one time he hit him and he dragged his face through the landscape and then threw him. The other animation, he took a big rock and he threw it. Like, everything is going to feel very, I think, just unique and, and, and not rinse and repeat kind of stuff, which is exciting. Um... So yeah, I mean, it, we didn't get into a lot of a lot of else, you know, a lot of other things. We don't know where the story entirely is going. We don't know uh, a very wide range of characters, but we did get a good glimpse of the combat, and you know, it's uh, it, it looks to be shaping up to be one of those Final Fantasy games that is kind of remembered for being one of the good ones. You, you see, you see that with this series, right? Seven, nine, twelve, personally ten. Um, are the ones that you kind of remember fondly. 13, 15, you know, they, those are fine, but they don't hold those, you know, instant classic statuses, and I think this one's going to. So I want to ask you a question, Nick. Mm -hmm. What does this game need to do to be considered a success? <laughs> I know that's, that's hard if you need to think yeah, about it, but uh, just, just to kind of frame it, you know, Final Fantasy 15, I, I personally feel like most people would say that game was not a success. It, it was fine. But it was an 81 on Metacritic. It's it's sold 10 million copies. Again, success. That's 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 a success on paper. But this is Final Fantasy we're talking about. Mm -hmm. What does this game need to do to launch itself back onto the top of the video game world? Yeah, uh, you're probably looking at a 90 plus review. I mean, to be that good um, and bring back. I mean, it, it has Final Fantasy on it, so it's gonna sell. So I think. I think that's the only it. It has to review critically when we're at the Keeleys, the Game Awards. It has to be nominated, especially yeah. with this year being very stacked. Um, yeah, I, I I think that uh, I think if it did that, it would uh, yeah it, they would be back. And but 
I mean, it's interesting because it's only on PlayStation 5, so I am curious as to how it will sell, but I think, again, it's Final Fantasy. It'll sell. Yeah. I mean, and if mainline Final Fantasy game. If it reviews well, it'll definitely sell. And I mean, you know, the thing that... It, so it sounds, it sounds like we've passed the combat hurdle. It, it sounds like we can all be pretty confident in the combat at this point. Can I talk about the combat for a second? Yeah, of course. So... No. <laughs> <laughs> so... RPG fans might be a little dismayed by the fact that they mentioned, like, Devil May Cry, uh, that they're taking inspiration from that. The guy working on Devil May Cry is working on this. And then when you watch the footage itself, it looks right out of a Devil May Cry. You know, you're comboing, you're mixing up, you know, different weapons, just like you did in Devil May Cry. You know, you would use your ebony and ivory and then switch to your sword and then switch to your guitar and all that and this. But one of the cool things that they showed off and I'm just going to read right from the PlayStation blog, is these accessories that you can equip. So mm-hmm. if, if you are just wildly afraid that you're going to have to remember combos and do every, or ma- manage things while you're doing all this other stuff, this you know combo-based gameplay, I just wanted to, to showcase these accessories that they, that they mentioned. So this is right from the PlayStation blog. To make the game more accessible to players who may be less familiar with action gameplay, Final Fantasy 16 features a variety of helpful accessories. There are five to choose from, each offering unique benefits, and picking the story-focused setting will let you equip two from the get-go. One accessory slows down time to make it easier to perform perfect dodges, while another fully automates the controls of Torgal, Clive's loyal canine companion. How about Torgal? <laughs> another accessory automatically uses potions when your health is low, and another automatically dodges incoming attacks for you. Perhaps the most visually striking accessory, however, lets you dish out the series of powerful combat and finishers based on your available cooldowns at the press of a single button, showcasing the full breadth and intricacy of the combat system for virtually none of the price and making making for a flashy experience. With these accessories, Final Fantasy XVI is designed to be accessible to a wide range of players, regardless of previous experience with action games. Slam dunk. Accessibility is so hot right now. <laughs> it's so hot right now. Yeah, oh, that's that's great. I mean, that's that's awesome that they kind of figured out a way to to just widen the gates, widen the amount of people who you know are going to be interested in this. I will say, like, I I I want to. I would be interested to talk to somebody who is interested in this game but doesn't you know have the chops for the the combat. You know, I know there are people out there like that. I just well, there there probably be plenty. I mean, Final Fantasy typically isn't like this. I know. You know? I know, but I also feel like Final Fantasy is one of those series that really, at this point, tailors to hardcore gamers. You know, there's not a lot of casual people out there playing Final right. Fantasy, so it's like, you know, it's, it's not, great. And it hasn't been turn-based in a while. Either. Right. That's that's what I truly want, is like, I know they did it a little bit with Final Fantasy VII Remake, where you could slow it down and you could get into turn-based, but like, one of the reasons that Final Fantasy X is my favorite Final Fantasy is because I... And this might be controversial. I, I might be in the vast minority here, but I love the fact that it's not ATB, where it's like everything stops. Nothing moves until you figure <laughs> out what you need to do, and you can look at where what the order of operations are. And I, I like that kind of stuff. So it'd be nice to have a way that you could play these battles where it's like, so it, and I don't. It would be on the level of like Capcom doing what they do with Resident Evil. We're like, yeah, we're just gonna make a VR version too. It's like you would almost have to make an entirely separate game that's, you know, this turn-based system, but. You know, if that's not the direction they want to go, that's that, of course that's fine. And when you have the D- Devil May Cry combat director at your arsenal, why would you want that? So this seems like a great compromise, a great way to uh, allow people, yeah, allow people to enjoy it the way they want to enjoy it. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's shaping up to be um, everything we want it to be. I think with uh, Yoshi P, the um, you know guy who's basically in charge of Final Fantasy fourteen, um, which I believe at this point is. Easily regarded as the greatest story ever told in Final Fantasy, it's the best reviewed Final Fantasy. Like, 14 is easily my biggest blind spot in gaming, but I know it's huge. And so the fact that he's with this, I don't think you can feel any way but extremely confident uh, with this release. So I will be probably picking this one up day one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, only three months, man. It's, this is crazy. Yeah, well, now you don't have to worry about Suicide Squad, so you know you can you know yeah. don't have to worry about that. Now I just gotta. Oh. Early June is Diablo, Street Fighter, and this. well, oh okay, early June. Is there anything else early June? No, June I think is those three titles. Okay, which was all announced at the Game Awards. Yeah, you know, and again, uh, any of those can change. Any of those games is probably going to be delayed. 
At least one. Yeah. Well, they did say Final Fantasy, the only way that that gets delayed is if a meteor falls on Japan. They, <laughs> they said that directly. Why so, would they say that specifically? I don't know, but Final <laughs> Fantasy, you know, spoilers. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. We go. So, moving on, I wanted to just bring up a topic as I had just finished Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, and I was looking to move on, you know, find my next game. But I find myself in choice paralysis. And no, this is not me bringing the wheel. I will not bring that evil entity into this. <laughs> but between not only the games that I have access to and the games that I don't have access to that I want to play, and then PlayStation Plus Extra just dropping the hits here over and over and over again... I just wanted a free-form discussion. I don't really have much planned here. Mm -hmm. uh, just about how, what is the best way to tackle your backlog? You know, there's a lot of, you know, if, if you don't have an instant choice, right? You know, is it should you go for the the, the smaller games, the the Norcos, the What Remains of Edith Finch? Uh, if you plan on playing those, if they're in your list, should you go by length or should you go by like what's coming up? Like I have Resident Evil Four is coming up. So should I finish Resident Evil 2 and then go right into Resident Evil 3? Um, so, and I know, John, like, yours is just, I need to play a game right now. <laughs> just you let know, me play. Regardless of what it, what it is and yes. the order that I'm playing it in. But is there a system that we can come come to at this time? Solve the backlog problem <laughs> for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is, yeah, or I'd even, like, price is a factor, too. Like, is it, like, if it's a game you don't already own? You know, and I, I consider backlog any game that you want to play, right? Regardless of price or whether it's in your library or not. Because, you know, you might want to play a game that's out and you just haven't bought it yet. You know, maybe you're sitting on Hogwarts Legacy to just drop down 20 bucks and then you're going to get it. Um, so, I don't know, John, do you have any thoughts? And You're just the kind of guy that plays everything. I know sales and review scores kind of lead you in the directions you usually go. Well, just just first off, I want you to know that if I told you my backlog was games I want to play, you would smack the shit out of me. So I just want to make that clear. My backlog is only games that I own because I have no uh, impulse control. But um, yeah, it's that's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thing and you know, of course it's going to be dependent on every single person. For me, like you said, with three children, when I find the moments that I have the ability to kind of choose my next game, I personally tend to skew smaller titles because I know I'll be able to get through it a little bit easier because I probably have something on the horizon that is going to be that next big experience, a la Resident Evil 4 or Dead Space, right? Those are games I knew I had to section off some chunks of time for. So for me, Norco's What Remains of Edith Finch, those type of games are perfect for for me. But there are some times, though, that, like, a game is so important, Elden Ring. Um, maybe there isn't something that I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to play for the next three or four months. And then maybe I will go, go try and tackle something else. But it's very, very situational. Sure. And I like to make myself list personally, where I... I the, the game that I always play with my wife, because I don't know, I, I think we all have wives, girlfriends, whatever, you know, at some point. You've probably been in a relationship at some point in your life, and, and we've all been there where it's like, what do you want for dinner? Well, I don't know. Do you want anything <laughs> in the house? No. Okay, do you want to go take out? What do you want for takeout? I don't know. So the way the only way that I can get my wife to decide anything <laughs> is if I go, okay, do you want Taco Bell or pizza? Taco Bell. Okay, do you want Taco Bell or McDonald's? Taco Bell. Okay, do you want Taco Bell or Qdoba? Qdoba. And then, like, you just do that until you find the thing. And I kind of do the same thing with myself for games, where it's like, okay, I got my 10 games that I probably want to play, right? Like, I know I, for whatever stupid reason I still want to play the Outer Wilds. I hate that my brain does that. But, you know, so I'll list out the 10 games and I'll go, would I rather play Outer Wilds or Tales from Arise? Okay, would I rather play Tales of Arise or this? And I kind of get it down to the point where I have a couple different games that are going to fit those specific uh, life situations, right? And depending on what I think is going to fit best for me, I try to go that way. But I also, I know I'm, I'm ranting here. You're good. But I also um, am not opposed to popping a game in, trying it out for a little bit, and putting it down and saying, nope, that's not it. Like, you kind of need to have a little bit of test time for yourself. Like, right. when I start picking up a new game, I kind of, that first night with it, I almost 
in my head try to say like this is the test run night this is the night where i say okay is this what i want to do or is it not and if, it, if it's not and we're going to talk about a game coming up here in just a second that i i kind of got that feeling pretty quickly and um you know and that is much to your ire where i come in and go yeah nick i played these seven games this weekend you're like what are you doing <laughs> like, just pick a game and play it you would have gotten so much more done if you just, it doesn't right. matter how long a game it is right. you just played it but it's um I live in a, in a fear of, in a life of FOMO with kids, with not enough time. I would personally rather try, know that I've tried a bunch of things. Maybe something sticks, maybe it doesn't, but I, I feel better that way than I do if like, well, I've beaten this year Dead Space and Tales of Rise, but I haven't tried a bunch of indie things. Right, so, right. Kind of my long, you know, uh, <laughs> stupid brain story right. about how I do that, but. Yeah. And then we have also the show. I think sometimes when you when you're wrapping around what about what you want to play, I mean, the show factors in because you want to bring something to talk about. It does. You know, yep. uh, that's kind of like, yeah, why I just was like when you gave me Dead Space, it was like, oh, I got to be Dead Space. Like, I just dropped everything and was like, this is the game. Oh, that's right. I gave you that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You bought Dead Space. <laughs> you know, and same for you. When I gave it back to you, you're probably just like, well, this is it because I have, I, we've set a deadline for ourselves to beat it yeah. and you got to do it. So, and that, yeah, my, I'm, I'm, adapting my style yeah just as as i go through life as my kids get older i'm gonna have more time like that's gonna change but yeah with the show here now i kind of like that I, I that's part of the reason i wanted to pitch the idea of the extra show to you too anyway it's like cool <laughs> it's like a it's a dedicated thing right i gotta do it and i can i could probably go to my wife a little bit easier and be like no honey i actually have to play video <laughs> games tonight for the show yeah. so. it's putting a gun to your head yeah <laughs> yep the best gun the most fun gun yeah <laughs> What about you, but man? I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Actually, but you touched on something that I actually kind of like is like the this or that method. I actually kind of like that. Like, yeah. you know, you take all your games, you know, if they're physical, maybe you get them in front of you and you just, yeah, you keep plugging them in. Or there's probably, you know, software that will do this for you. But if you could just do this or that, maybe you even do it just, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes of your game log, this or that. So every game eventually gets compared to one another. Yep. You'd probably have, like, you'd pro or just noticing yourself that you're clicking on or picking one game over and over again, over over all of them. Exactly. Yep. You know, so I think like you'll eventually wheedle it down, Fucking or just percentage-wise, you know. Yeah. Oh, chorus is getting you know picked twenty times. Every other game is at you know single digits or you know just below it. So I it must be chorus that I'm drawn to. So I yep. actually think that's think yep. that's the method. Yeah, because that that's yeah you're exactly right. You know, if you do this enough times, which I do it almost every time I finish a game, you you start yeah your brain will start to be like okay I've been thinking about undertale forever like right. but i've never it's never but it's always there so like you know what? <laughs> let's do it that's a quick one and right. also you know we don't need to get into trophy discussions because that's <laughs> that's for yeah let's for, see for poisonous stupid people <laughs> yeah let's let's not but for most people that yeah. is not a consideration yeah but, but uh, no i think yeah, yeah. we geez. did it i think we solved it we did it yep <laughs> this or that nobody ever thought of that yeah. <laughs> one last question do you ever consider the release date of the product to push it forward for you you know like if there's a game like for for instance i've I, metal gear solid 5 still a game in my backlog yeah it's like do you ever consider like maybe i should play that more because it's at this point eight years old versus <laughs> you know or like i i personally don't it's just a question i'm usually I not in that boat so it's no, true i don't you I are don't, a much more focused person right i don't think about that but uh i do think I, th I thought you were going the other way of like well, Resident Evil 4. I probably wouldn't be pressured to play Resident Evil 2 and 3 in, in the next, you know, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but with them coming, that, uh, that with that game coming, it's like I, I want to make sure to get that done. Um, but uh, yep. we'll no, be, I don't want really to go back. And, we'll be playing The Last of Us 2 again for the season 2 of the show, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, I'm yeah, sure just, yeah, cross-media is going to be a thing too. Just like... When you think about what uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners did for Cyberpunk 2077, it's like, you know, it's in your mind and you'll be back. And yep. I think, yeah, once we get to Last of Us Season 2 or even just an inkling of it coming, or probably whatever, whenever Sony just announces the PS5 version of Last of Us 2, which they, part two, they will do. Uh, I bet the be, moment we'll season one it. ends, like I bet once season one ends, like you're going to see a spike in Last mm -hmm. of Us 2 sales. Probably. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, I got it. What happens next? What's going on? Like, right. I... I I don't know, I got a PS4, let me just get this thing. Actually, my sister, my sister just got The Last of Us 2. Her, her husband bought it for her, like, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, okay. so she's, uh, 
I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it. I wonder what, <laughs> I wonder what she thinks. I don't know if she's, it'd be weird if she's doing playing the game while she's watching the show, though. So I don't know. Right. I'll, I'll right. talk to her about it. Yeah. I'll get her on the show. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Well, that, that ended up working out. Nice. Good. We, we solved it. Fuck you. It's our little piece of... Fuck you, wheel. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that's why you have choice paralysis. You're, yeah. you're cursed now. Yeah. You're cursed. <laughs> all right. So, kind of speaking of games... That, uh, you know, I kind of figured out pretty quickly that it might not have been for me, but that's not to say that there's not a lot to like about this. Is Nick and I both had a chance to check out the Humanity demo. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, Nick, what are your overall thoughts of it? <laughs> well, let's explain what the Humanity game is. Okay. It is a uh, grid-based uh, 3D puzzle in which you, as a Shibu Inu, lead a bunch of people to a gate. Yes. And how you do that is by issuing commands to them. Uh, it starts out very simple, just left or right, you know, navigate around a few obstacles, uh, and then you'll start learning more commands. Jump, long jump, uh, float, uh, and the pu- and the maps will get more and more intricate. And uh, you can... You can move along the map by traversing through these people. You kind of just like get sucked into them, and then wherever they go, you can just you know get there too. Um, so that's what it is. Um, and my initial thoughts is, while I love the presentation around it, I and the music and the vibe, overall vibe, I just couldn't get behind the puzzle mechanics. I didn't find it very fun or interesting, and I just and I will probably just say that's just because of me my personal choices. Yep. We, we mentioned that it's very similar to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I believe when, I don't think when we talked about that game, we ever mentioned the, the Clank parts where you re- <laughs> No, I was trying to get through those as quick as I could. Yeah, so I think just, just like, a, like, a, just like my gamer taste, uh, it wasn't for me, um, but I did like, I did like everything around it. I thought it had the, the, the same kind of presentation that uh, Res and Tetris Effect did so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's I'm very very similar to you. Um, I think within five minutes of this, I knew it wasn't going to be a game that I wanted <laughs> to keep playing, but I easily could understand the strengths of the game. And as you just said, Nick, you know, this is made by Enhanced uh, Studios, who worked on Res Infinite and Tetris Effect, which are two very very well received uh, puzzlers. I think Res Infinite's at an 88 on Open Critic, and Tetris Effect is 90. So. I don't doubt that this game's going to be very high quality. If you're into this kind of thing, there's probably going to be a lot to love. Um, but I, it's it's hard for me playing a game like this because, like, as Nick said, you're leading this you know huge amount of people to this gate where sometimes they're going to fall off a cliff, sometimes they're going to crash and die, sometimes there's these giant golden uh, guys that you try to lead around, which I think are basically bonus points. They're collectibles. They're yeah. collectibles. And sometimes those guys fall off. And every single time any of that thing happens, I feel bad. And I feel <laughs> and my initial response is to restart the level because I was like, no, I didn't do it right. Even though it's like, no, it's fine. Like, just keep going. It's just right. for me, I just like, I have I have to do things perfectly. I don't I think, think it's, it's possible later on, though. I don't think, it's, I don't think it is no. either because, like, you start to have these, you know, there's, there's humans with blue sticks and humans with red sticks and they shoot at each other. And then there's these black human... Look, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> There's humans that are, you know, um, shadowy colored or whatever. And, you know, you kind of interact with the portals, I think, to change them to do whatever. Like, so there's so many things that I know it's only going to get to a point where I just go, ah, and throw my hands up and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. right. But, um, but I do encourage everybody to check out the demo. If you are a puzzle person, if you're somebody who just likes to kind of use your brain while you play, I... I think this is going to be a, a very, very easy game to like for you. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't think very many games come out like this. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot out there, so it's, it's definitely filling a void. I think in the gaming space for you know a, a Captain Toad on you know Wii U or oh, yeah. whatever. You know, like game, games, games like that that are they're just very few uh, like that. So. I gotta imagine like the whole thing about this game is like every time you you figure out the solution of a level, it's awesome because you're probably there's probably just guys flying everywhere, yeah. and there's huge balls <laughs> of like humans, and they're swirling and twirling, and 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 once you get there, it's probably awesome. But just yeah, the the journey of setting up the level or whatever, is like, nah, yeah, man, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have I don't have enough time in my life for this kind of stress. <laughs> yeah. So, 
All right, Nick, you want to bring in the next thing we've been playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after, you know, John's very positive uh, take on the game Norco, uh, it, I didn't have choice paralysis here. Uh, after I beat Hogwarts, I was like, well, let me uh, check this game out because John thought of it so highly. Um, and boy, did he fuck me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it worked. I, I'm mixed on this game very much so. Uh, it is very much a point-and-click adventure. Uh, very, 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 very much so. You are not walking a character around. You are not doing anything. You are clicking on items in the menu uh, or on, in the environment. Uh, your cursor is just basically a mouse cursor that you're controlling with your controller. Uh, and you are you're, you're doing your best to figure out a bunch of adventure game-like puzzles, like where does this key go, and who do I need to talk to to get this, and oh, I need to recruit this guy, how do I recruit this guy, oh, he needs a dog, and all that, and going on, and so on and so forth. Again, right. adventure game, right. entirely. But what Norco really shines at is great art, great art direction, mm -hmm. great music, and a story that I am at least, I at least have to know how it ends. So um, I just finished act two, so I think there are three acts. Yep. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty far along. I believe I'm, I'm farther than you are. Yeah, I'm probably halfway to, in between one and two, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, so all that, and, and then the setting, like uh, John, John did have mentioned this, you know, the Louisiana Bayou, but it's kind of like, it's like, Cyberpunk, but not really. It's like a grun very grungy version of yeah. cyberpunk. Yeah, I think Blade Runner was probably a better thing to when I when yes. I was explaining it last week. Blade Runner is probably a little more apt than cyberpunk. Yeah, but. you you have a you know a robot companion. There's a lot of there dro drones flying around everywhere. There's just a lot of uh, interesting things. It's futuristic yet dirty. It's weird. Um, yeah, so I really don't like the adventure game elements at all. Did you get to the stair part where you have to climb upstairs? And no. Build? Okay. Well, then I won't talk about that. But uh, the first, when I'm not doing the, the adventure game parts where I think sometimes they can get a little obtuse, um, you know, because I, I, I think that was the problem with a lot of adventure games is, like, they were always in the mindset of the, the person that created the puzzle. Right. And sometimes, it's like, your brain just doesn't go where their brain's going no. all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I'm not doing that and I'm just, like, I'm absorbing the story... Um, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. There'll, I'll chuckle here and there at the writing, and not, like I said, I, I'm at least I want to see where it ends because it is a very bizarre, bizarre game. So yeah, yeah, I um, you're you're absolutely right. It is you know fully a point and click game, but I just you know I kind of view a game like this almost as like a palate cleanser, like kind of like we were yeah. talking about. It's like you know after you play a game like Dead Space <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, it's like. It, it was just very nice to kind of sit on my couch, not be stressed out, just click, absorb a story. Um, you know, I, I, I'll say this, I don't mind. Uh, you know, I'm a smoker, so like a smoke, I chill. I, I look at this game and it's just the music hits right, the vibe is right. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still enjoying it as well. I, um, I'm, I don't know what direction the story is going to take it's, no, it's no very predict. it's very strange but it's like yeah this game just does a, a pretty nice job of while being slow it's i think it's paced pretty well because you kind of like go into these weird little like sub stories that kind of like every once in a while that really kind of mix it up a little bit or you enter a new area on the map that you're able to go to and you meet a new character that's got some just kind of weird in some way that you can't really put a finger on or, or what whatever mm -hmm. the case um but yeah, I just sometimes I, I, I try I try my best to when I evaluate a game, you know, evaluate it in the in the pretense of the game, right? I do the same thing with movies or you know, if I wanna watch a movie made from nineteen forty, it's like I'm trying to I try to right. my best to put my head <laughs> in the space of when this movie came out. Like I'm not like, oh well the action in this isn't isn't anything like Transformers. It's like no of course not. Mm -hmm. But so I try to do the same thing with something like a, a point and click game and really just I, it's almost like a test for myself too, because like I do consider myself so big into video games and stuff. I, I I I value wide ranges of opinions. I value in music and movies, just you know, not writing anything off. And so I thought this was a a good one to go for, and happy happy I did, and hopefully it sticks the landing. Cause, yeah. yeah, it's you know I think I'm a little higher on it than Nick, but like it's just you know different. Whatever your whatever your tastes are, 
Um, and, you know, if you're a narr narrative guy, which I'm not, so, you know, again, I contradict myself all the time. Um, you know, I think this is uh, one not to skip. It's only 15 bucks, right? You know, yeah. when, when it's not on sale, I got it for eight. So yeah, I'm I, got it. I did get it for eight. Oh, you did? The sale was still going, yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me that, you little sneaky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad you got it a little cheaper. Yeah. The cost so, of a hamburger. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, a palate cleanser is exactly what it is. So yep. if you just want to sit back and uh, relax, uh, it is definitely one of those games. So, all right, let's move on into our final topic. No surprise here. It is continuing to recap HBO's The Last of Us. We are all the way up to episode seven, titled Left Behind, sharing the same name uh, with the DLC that, that released after The Last of Us uh, released. Now, before we get into it, John, you had just beat this DLC yeah. not very long ago. <laughs> no, no, for the first time, too. Yeah, for the first time. So I wanted to just, what were your thoughts going into the episode? Because yeah, expectations were set that this was just going to be that story, and that's what it was. Yep. Um, so what were your expectations going into it before you even saw it? Uh, my expectations was that it was going to it was going to be much harder to divert from anything with this than mm -hmm. the main game because it takes place place in the past. Right. Um, so I kind of was just going into expecting what we got with some of the big major moments like the carousel ride and some other things. And really, for me, it was I was viewing this episode as the true test of Bella Ramsey and just like can she right. can she carry an episode by herself? You know, without without Joel, with introducing a new character that she needs to make sure we are able to care about, uh, at least on to some degree. And I think she nails it. I think Bella is the biggest standout from this entire show, at least from a uh, an actor personnel level. Um, and I'm just very very happy to see every single person who is out there going. She doesn't look like Ellie. It's just kind of <laughs> like doesn't have shit to say now and it seems like the the general discussion is like this is why it's important to cast somebody a good actor as opposed to like just who fits the look of it and um well she never had the body of work that other actors like that pedro does we knew we knew what to expect with pedro she just you know for most of us was just uh the mormon girl in game of thrones so we just didn't for have sure. a lot to work with but for sure but it's like you know it's like how many huge big 15 to 19 year old actresses are out there it's like you know it's just it seemed like it was just people picking on people just because they they wanted to or, or whatever the case but needless to say the episode itself um i think set out to do what it needed to do it was not the best episode of the season but if this is the low point that we have to go for like we are <laughs> eating sure you know, we, we are eating well <laughs> like we are eating very well like i i like the episode i i i think a little more than some other people did, but um, I think I think Storm Reed, who played Riley, awesome, awesome job. She really embodied that character, um, and you know a lot of the the mall scenes, which I you know I don't know if we want to get into on a more granular basis or if we're just, mm -hmm. but um, I thought it was all you know very very fitting. You know if, if Bill's backstory was a wild departure, this was nice <laughs> to kind of just have. It's like this is what it is. Yeah, because yeah, as you mentioned, it was a one for one, and I I guess we are are we planning to recap the whole episode? I don't I don't think we really need to. I don't think we need to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no. yeah. So I just kind of like some mental notes here uh, that I that I thought were interesting. Um, one is Ellie has always had this scar on her face, mm -hmm. and we to this day will never know what what that was. But at least in this show. They referred to it as the 7-Eleven incident yeah. uh, very early on in this episode. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't know, I just like I just like that they kind of expand on the mystery, but also be like, what the fuck is the 7-Eleven incident? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, what, what did they get into in the 7-Eleven? Well, and I did find it interesting that Neil kind of almost like, I don't want to tell anybody because I might want to use that in the future. It's possible. You know? you know, where he's like, yeah, I mean, if there is more flashbacks or I don't, God knows what the future of this series is um yeah I found, I found that interesting as well yeah and, and and also speaking on like we knew that bella had to the really uh hit it on this episode is i was really hoping that we would get a good sense before the end of the episode that the, the chemistry and the awkwardness between the actors because as we know we know now is like they 
they were both characters that they had crushes on each other. Um, but it was all it was great throughout the episode, all the ways they tested it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, you know the the scene in front of the Victoria's Secret, which was new to this. You know, where you know uh, Riley's like, "Oh, I'm imagining you in that," and Nabella's all you know embarrassed. So you know, conscious. and oh my gosh! But the second Riley looks away, Bella's in the mirror, like adjusting her hair, like, "Oh my gosh, does she like me? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to look good or something." You know, or the photo booth scene, which was in the game. Just they just it was just peppered enough throughout that it really captured that awkwardness of being a teenager and having no idea how to express your feelings, let alone a gay teenager who also has to <laughs> take in the fact that the that. other person might not be into girls. So um, you might ruin everything you've built with this person <laughs> yeah, in an instant. Yeah, yeah, and then I I really think that was that was probably the challenge I saw going into this, and no, they they killed it. Like if you. The body language of of uh, Bella Ramsey throughout the episode, the faces she makes at Riley, just yeah, nailed it. That's that's it, man. That's that's where she shines. It's not you know the moment at the end of the episode when she gets bitten, she gets mad that she's bitten, she's yelling. It that's great acting as well. But it's these little tiny things that she does with her eyes um, that if you really pay attention to the acting uh, in this episode, it's it's as good as I've ever seen, especially from a, a young a young woman like Bella. I mean. It's, Pretty, pretty inqu- incredible, honestly. But um, yeah, I mean, um, can I talk th- about what I didn't like? Of course. No, they ruined my scene, John. The oh. fighting game scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah this is two episodes in a row. We didn't get like you know what we kind of were hoping, or maybe not hoping, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the scene in the Left Behind where in the game none of the arcade machines work, so instead Riley tells. Um, Ellie to close her eyes and then she can recreates it in your brain and it's this cute little playable sequence where you're really zoomed in on uh, Ellie's face I just it was just it was my favorite scene in the Left Behind DLC but they took it out entirely <laughs> I don't know what is their obsession with Mortal Kombat 2 you know great game but uh, instead in this you know they the machines work and they play a lot of Mortal Kombat 2 which which they, which I, they did a good job of, of doing the Easter eggs, you know. Uh, Ellie has mentioned the, the Molina, the Molina fatality. You know, she was familiar with the game when they ran into it in that convenience store. Um, so, you know, it was a good payoff as to why she would know that. But still, I missed that scene. It's so good. Yeah, it, it's it's a really special scene. But I, I do kind of understand why they would cut that from the show. Like mm-hmm. just. I feel like it, it's a great moment as a player because, like, you're kind of you are it's interactive. Yeah, you are, and you are Ellie in that moment. But like, just from a from a TV standpoint, it'd be kind of almost. I could almost see it getting awkward or cringy, like if they tried to just enact that in real life. Right. But, right. but either way, yeah. And so, um, you know, this ending or this episode as well. You know, it kind of ends the way you expect it to end. You know, it's it's hard to to know if. People who didn't play the, the DLC thought that, oh, maybe this one works out okay. I, I'm, you're a psycho if you think it right. would. But, um, yeah, I just got to say, man, the Fireflies really fucked over Riley. By, like, <laughs> if, if, if her job was to be posted in this mall to guard the bombs and, like, they didn't even take the time to check. Like, it's not like that Infected was hidden crazily. It was, like, in one of the stores. And so it's just, like, to give a girl a gun to say, hey, go guard this shit. And if something happens, I don't know. <laughs> Like these, it just it just seemed like they fucked her real hard with that one, but um, no, I, I um, yeah man, there's only two more episodes left, and you know I uh, I don't know I, I I have a feeling next episode is gonna be rough from a from a violence <laughs> just next standpoint. episode huh yeah 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 sunshine and rainbows for the finale um, you know but yeah it's interesting you know we're kind of in the same it's interesting though we're in the same place we were at the end of episode six though which I will mm-hmm. say is kind of Thinking back on it, it's like, yeah, that does kind of suck. If you, especially if you're a person who doesn't know the story, you'd be like, well, I guess, uh, I guess we're still, still hanging out, still kind of waiting to see what's going to get I resolved here. I still think they do a good job of tying in the the past story into the future story with, you know, Ellie, you know, not leaving Joel to die, but to coming coming back and trying to get as much precious time that you know we have on this earth with him by trying to save him. So. Yeah. Yeah, I still think they did a good job of that, but yeah, I'm oh. sure people are like, "Let's go and right. we'll be going." Let's don't worry about that. <laughs> I wonder if they said, have they said how long these next two are going to be? I like, I wonder if one's going to be like an hour and a half or anything, or if uh, 
I mean, the, the quote-unquote David arc, I won't go any further than that, mm-hmm. is a pretty meaty chunk. Um, oh, yeah. So I would imagine this this could be um, one yeah. of the longest episodes, or the next two in general, just probably some of the longer episodes. So. Called When We Are in Need. Yes, that's so, Yeah. But uh, the next two episodes are going to be it. Man. Gonna be excellent. <laughs> Left behind sitting at a seven point four. People were not too too high on it, but that's okay. Because well, the like show, you said, it was it was a different type of episode. I know people how you know the fly you, episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when you kind of kill the momentum of the show to tell a, on a, another story, people don't Some like people that. But you know, we had different expectations as people who played the game. Right, John. Are, are we are we comfortable announcing our next bonus episode? Do it. All right. So, in relation to HBO's The Last of Us, uh, our next bonus episode, our bonus episode for March, will be a giant HBO's The Last of Us discussion. We are actually going to move episode nine into that, so it won't be a, the sixth thing after it airs. But I, we will be probably releasing that bonus episode very shortly behind that probably the same week but i figured we want to talk about the show as a whole we want to talk about the show where it's going to be going the future as our with our knowledge of last of us part two um and just it is going to be a huge discussion that it deserves its own bonus episode so no video game next just all the last of us just all this adaptation i'm still so happy this show's so good I'm still, still just so tickled. What if it doesn't stick to landing, John? How is that possible? <laughs> it's not possible. It's one of the most, yeah, yeah. The, the, with what they've shown us so far and how we know this, this it's not, it's not possible. Yeah. And so, yeah, makes me, makes me, makes me a happy boy. <laughs> um, and if you recall, Nick, I'm going to keep reminding everybody that I said this was going to be a special show before yeah. we even saw a yeah, minute of it. Yeah, yeah. So well, you had some, you had a lot of good knowledge. Of all the people working on it, that oh, how yeah. could it not be? That's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe so. if you had some taste and watched Chernobyl, you would have known. <laughs> hey, I've seen what Scary Movie Three. <laughs> <laughs> These are Craig Mazin, the writer of the show. He uh, of The Last of Us. He he wrote 2019's Chernobyl, which is absolutely fantastic miniseries. But yeah, dude also did Scary Movie Three. So there's a little bit of fun fact for you. <laughs> Craig Mazin, what a guy! What so. a guy! All right, so that is sticks. Six things. Uh, John, do we have anything to tease for next week? There is a Capcom event. I don't know if we'll get anything new from that or just more of their current slate of titles, but they did have a Capcom yeah. event for March 9th. Announced. What did they did they officially announce Dragon Dog? They did Dragon's yeah. Dog, so that's like a thing we haven't seen anything of. Yep. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything huge, but yeah, if there's anything, we'll we'll get that. But yeah, no, Nick, I'm just hoping to play a video game. Like that's all I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping to do. I just want to play one game for a little bit of time. Um, so hopefully, I can get Norco. Uh, you know, I had a very heavy family week, so trying to be there for my kids. But uh, no, I think it's that, and then yeah, same for me, man. That and Elden Ring. You yeah, know, with maybe some Hogwarts watching my wife. <laughs> yeah. Like- it's always uh, great to co-pilot a video game. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. You get all like the. It's all the enjoyment is being funneled through the other person while you just get like pooped on with like, how do I do this? Uh, you do this. No, 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 no. Turn around. No, turn, turn around. <laughs> There's a. See the shiny white thing. Where? <laughs> so, but that's what we do for love. <laughs> so. What about you, Manny? You might actually get to play some play some stuff, huh? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Not to rub it into John, <laughs> but I am in the exact opposite camp where I have a weekend to myself um, in which I plan to finish Norco, finish Resident Evil 2, and I hope to jump into Resident Evil 3. But, John, I really want to play Persona 5. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's time for some this you or really that. really want to. You're doing some this or that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to, You whenever you start that, you have to have, you have to have at least three days, a three-day span where you're not going to be bothered <laughs> so you can really get into it because right. 100 hours, bud, buckle up. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect timing. I'm, I, am su- I am super curious to think of what, what you'll think of that. 
Yeah, as, you know, choice paralysis. 100-hour RPG, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick and I don't approach these things the same. No. <laughs> well, that game's been on my mind for a very long right. time. No, exactly, you know. but that's exactly it. That's right. That's You know, when you're analyzing your backlog, it's like, I can't shake this one thing, so maybe it's, right. maybe it's time. It's that hole in my... Now, are you going knowledge. to do the silly thing where you buy the Royal Edition or just... Yeah, okay. got to play the better version. It's not better. It's just there's, a, there's a PS5 version now, so it's great. That's... So I'm just buying the PS5 version. It right. doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Mr. Buku Bucks over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. What song are we leaving them on? All right. This is uh, from the PSVR Classic Beat Saber. I had my own... Uh, I had my time with this game. Got a platinum in it. So I, I'm a very, very big fan of it. But Breezer from Yaroslav Beck is the song that we're going to be listening to. Uh... Turn your radios down or up, depending if you want to jam out. But if it's if you're listening to this loud, it's going to be loud. If you want to jam out, turn your shit up. Good stuff. <laughs> if you're driving, slow down. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we are so done. Special, especially in this one. <laughs> yeah, especially in Fimble Winter, you want to, you want to take it a little slow. Yes. So. All right. That is six things. We thank you for listening. We will be back next week with another. Thanks for listening. Bye.